so today is a little bit different. Um, a lot of times I will lead our conversations uh, just kind of by myself, but today we're going to have a little bit of a conversation uh, among multiple people. We simply entitled this day Rescue Day. Let me take us to the scripture for just a moment. In Proverbs chapter 31, we often think of Proverbs 31 as the uh, what it means to be a godly wife passage. That's kind of how the end of the chapter wraps up. But in verses 8 and 9, this is what Scripture says, Speak up for those who cannot speak for themselves. Ensure justice for those being crushed. Yes, speak up for the poor and helpless and see that they get justice. Um, how many would agree with me today that prayer is powerful? Right? Every one of us in the room could probably tell a great story in our lives where we prayed to the Lord and we asked Him to take care of a need in our lives, and He did. He met that need. God is always faithful to come through in just the way that we need it. Prayer is powerful, and we should certainly pray for people all over our area and all over the world who are trapped in numerous different ways. But I would go further than that to say if we're only praying we actually might neglect what God calls us to do. Prayer is powerful, but we want to be a people who put our prayers into practice. We want to be a people who put legs to our prayers, if you will, and actually not just pray for the needs, but then also, with God's help, do something about what is happening in our world. Uh, the truth is that many children and adults are helpless in our world, to escape the traumas that are caused to them every day. And today, you're going to hear from four distinct groups who are rescuing people who are trapped in horrible situations, and you're going to hear from them about how they're making a difference in the way that they serve. And before we're done, we're going to be challenged to make a difference, yeah, with our resources and, of course, with our prayers, but also we're going to be challenged today to do more with our time and our efforts of making a difference in our community and around the world. Would you welcome this morning my lovely bride, Pastor Amber and Miss Marie from Southwest Options for Women. Good morning. This is very, I feel like very just kind of chilled and relaxed this morning. So we're just going to have a conversation. Sleep, watch out. <laughs> I know, right? I thought I leaned over to my husband. I said, or be able to get up. So that's <laughs> share after a while. Um, thank you for joining us this morning, Marie. She's with Southwest Options for Women. And so could you take a moment and just tell us about what you guys do? Well, yes. Um, so our mission is to help women experiencing an unexpected pregnancy. Uh, we do this by providing compassionate, ev evidence-based medical services for women, as well as uh, educational material support for mothers, families, and infants in a respectful environment. These services include pregnancy testing, ultrasounds, pregnancy counsel, material items, and education, and so much more. And we provide all at no cost to anyone. Okay, can you uh, pull up the, some of those statistics, I think, of what they do in-house? In um, and can you tell us how how abortion statistics in Minnesota play into that. So, yeah, as it says, um, you know, over 10,000 abortions are annually here in Minnesota. It's just astounding. Um, and now, I, I'm sure you all know, but we have abortion until birth in Minnesota. It, it, it breaks our hearts. And 
And so it's really, um, we've had to really look at how, before we basically, once they're about 26 weeks, you know, they're not gonna have an abortion, right? So we're putting them into a different path and we're not kind of thinking about the fact that they could um, still have an abortion. But now we have, we're working on a program we call um, 26 and Beyond, um, where um, we're working differently with clients because they can now change their minds. Um, marketing to women who are further into their pregnancies in a different way, knowing more women in our state will be vulnerable to abortion than ever before. And not just in our state. We get calls from other states, Iowa and South Dakota and I think Oklahoma we had one from, you know. Um, so our marketing company is helping us work with language that will speak to these women. Um, they also, one of, the, one of the things that's happened in Minnesota is they eliminated, uh, are eliminating the um, Positive Alternatives Grant, which we had many years ago, but thankfully don't have now because we would have lost it and, and it was a big part of our, of, of how, how we kept going. Now we've turned to the communities, um, you know, and they've stepped up. So hopefully that will happen with the pregnancy resource centers that are relying on that grant because that's going to really affect them. So in-house at Southwest Options for Women, um, what do you guys do as far as, like, how many ultrasounds do you give? How many, um, you know, conversations do you have with women daily? Things like that. So um, we have, um, we ministered to, have ministered in the last two years since we moved to Eden Prairie to nearly 300 women. Um, and uh, let's see, what does this one have? I'm trying to remember. So yeah, we, so we've had 389 appointments this, um, since January of this year, which is up 44% from last year. Um, and so that's helping, that's pregnancy tests, ultrasounds, material support, mentoring, just what, whatever they need, giving them referrals and resources. And we also have two organizations that will help um, a woman who it has to go on bed rest or maternity leave and can't pay their rent or have other um, you know, expenses that they can't pay. So we, we are the ones who do the application and advocate for them in that way. Um, we have um, 250 ultrasounds have been performed since we started doing them last spring. With, that's an increase um, of 120, with, well, actually with an increase of 122% this, this year um, so far. Um, we've got some great uh, registered nurses and, and RDMS, which is a, a sonographers, and they just you know, minister to the women so beautifully and are, are right there where they're at. Um, we also have, um, we've had a 59% increase in material assistance uh, so we thank everyone for all their support in so many ways. And so the 389 um, uh, appointments year to date is a 68% increase over last year as well. So those of you who do not know, a Southwest Options for Women is literally around the corner from Planned Parenthood. And our Planned Parenthood in Needham Prairie, in order to get the abortion pill, requires an ultrasound confirmation. And a lot of them go over to Southwest Options for Women for an ultrasound conversation. And they get to have an actual, real conversation with them about what abortion does to their body and to the baby. And tell us a little bit about what you guys are going to get to start to do with the abortion reversal pill. Right. So right now we give referrals for the abortion pill reversal. A woman who has taken the first pill will... Um, <clears throat> 
it, it has happened where she, all of a sudden she's like, what did I do? I don't want to do this. And so she'll look up online and she'll find out that there is a way to reverse that. Um, so uh, we are working on getting that protocol in place so that when they come to us, we don't have to send them someplace else. We can do it right in our center, which is basically <clears throat> monitoring the baby with ultrasounds once we've started progesterone. To, because the first pill tells them, oh, you're not really pregnant, stop the progesterone, and then the baby will die. But if we can get the progesterone going quick enough, uh, most of those babies are saved then. So it's really a blessing. That's great. So we had a diaper drive not too long ago, and so you guys give out diapers to new moms, right? Uh, all the way up to a year old, is that correct? Actually to two years. To two years, mm -hmm. okay. Yeah. And so um, I know that we've, we've done a giving diapers, and um, we also you know, pray with you guys, but how else can we serve Southwest Options for Women? Well, also, you gave did a wonderful job with your baby bottle campaign, too, oh, in January. That's right. Yes, we that did. That was amazing. <laughs> so that's that. always a blessing. <clears throat> Excuse me. <clears throat> so we have a wonderful program called Text to Pray. So a woman comes in and is, is thinking abortion is an option or is the option, you know, wherever she's at with that. And what we can do is we've got um, a group of people who have signed up to get a text at that moment. So you're, you're usually getting a text when they're in our, at our place, you know, not always, sometimes it's a, actually sometimes we have praise uh, where we say, we just, we just talked to the woman and she's decided not to abort after all, this is someone you've been praying for. So, um, so right away when we get, as soon as we can, we send that text out. So we have, you know, hundreds of people praying for us at that moment, and that is so powerful. We know that we get those prayers, and we're, it's so powerful. So we're so, so thankful for that. Yeah, can you pull that back up on the screen, the QR code? So you can scan that QR code to join the prayer chain through the texting, or you can see Marie after service at the table, and she also has some unique little baby in the womb, like uh, visuals for you guys to check out as well for different stages, but I will say, I do get those texts, and like when I get them, I stop like instantly, and I read it, and I just, I say a prayer right then in the moment, because I know, yeah, it's usually, we have someone coming in, or we have someone here, and then I love it whenever I get the praises, because you're like, thank you, Lord, that that person has chosen life. And just think that, you know, um, the people there serving at Southwest Options for Women pray, but when you can join in your community and you can pray, prayer really does change things. So I know that there are also ways that you can volunteer and do things like that, right? Right. And so I do have some things at the table. You can come check that out. Um, we have uh, Thursday is our material assistance day, and we really could use some volunteers who maybe come, you know, once a month even on a Thursday to just help because now I'm kind of the only one there at sometimes, and it just really helps to have another person there to just to help help with everything there. We also, um, you know, we have, we need event volunteers. We have different events going on throughout the year to bring awareness to what we do and also fundraising, of course, and um, of course our baby bottle campaign projects. Uh, it's great to have volunteers to help with those things. Um, other thing, things you can do is spread the word. I mean, uh, tell others we're in your community here. Um, give out our information. We've got information at the table. Introduce us to possible supporters and bring them in for a, a tour. Come in for yourself for a tour and one-on-one -on -one to talk with Kim, our executive director, and figure out where, where you best fit. Um, Ruth, are you here? Yes, 
Ruth in here someplace? She was, yeah. <laughs> um, she, uh, Ruth brought a group of, of young women from Southwest Christian, mm -hmm. and they came and gave it, we got a tour of our place, and we talked about what we do, and then actually we, they went over to our storage unit and organized all of our clothes and diapers that we have, so because it would be like, well, we need this, but we don't know where it is and all this, and so now we know exactly where to find what we need, so that was, that was yeah, such a blessing. Yeah, that's great. You let them be a part of that community involvement there. That's wonderful. Yes. So um, you guys, if you have any interest in volunteering or have any questions, please see Marie after uh, and, you know, this first service. She'll be in between and then again after second service. But thank you so much for joining us this thank morning. You. Is it okay if I tell one story yeah, about Yeah, absolutely. One of our... Oh, and I will so, say you can also get uh, um, survivor like stories, right? Like of like, right. hey, I, I've had my baby kind of thing, right? So, um, so you we have had, of those so out there? So we had one woman who came, uh, I'll call her Heather, and she, um, she came with her boyfriend, and she was hoping the ultrasound would help her boyfriend to change his mind, and he was wanting her to have an abortion. Um, she, um, you know, they did the ultrasound. He, it did not change his mind, but she was, she was able through, um, you know, our, our help and our uh, working with her, she was able to make the decision that I'm, I'm not aborting this baby. And he actually, he dumped her, and, and she was really struggling. She was in a really bad um, housing situation, renting with a few other people from a guy who kept hitting on her and trying, you know, really made it difficult. So we helped her um, to get out of that situation. We, um, she, she didn't have a car, so we would get her transportation to come to us. We gave her, uh, we were able to, through donations, we were able to get her a beautiful, you know, uh, car seat and stroller for her baby and a bed and all the things she needed to to continue on. The, the, the great thing is she had a baby in January. That's and great. yeah, and, he's, and she's, she, she's so glad she did, you know. Yeah. And, and actually the, the baby's father, I don't know what's happening with him right now, but his mother, her grandma, is like, forget him, I'm supporting this baby. Oh, that's great. Yeah, good, that's really good. I'm yeah. glad that she was able to get support, too, from yeah. you guys to help her mm -hmm. know that she could continue that pregnancy on, you yeah. know, even, even though the situation might have seemed like she couldn't in the first place. So. Right, and she, and she went through our education program to get all those things. So what they do is they earn um, the things that they need. We, you know, just because, you know, just giving things isn't the best way. Plus, it's a great education. Some of the women who come through our program, they, they don't even need the stuff as much as they're just so thankful for the education because they don't have, a lot of them don't have a, a mentor, a mother, a, you know, someone who can help them through. And so these videos and then our, and our support as well really help them to, um, to know that they can parent. Yeah, so that's great. Thank mm -hmm. you guys so much for what you do in the community. Yeah. And I'm glad that we can partner with you guys. So thank you for joining us. Thank you for all your support. Okay, this next, this next part is just me, so just bear with me here. But <laughs> I don't have anybody interview, so I just have some things to share with you. But I want to share with you um, something that's kind of uh, near and dear to our hearts, and it's uh, Project Rescue. It all started with one phone call in 1997. Deborah phoned me and said, we have just taken 37 little girls out of the brothels, and we want to start a shelter. And without a second thought, knowing this was God, we said yes. And that was the start of Project Rescue. It's easy to look at the alarming growth of sexual exploitation 
and it seems overwhelmingly hopeless. Can we really make a difference? So we don't focus on the statistics. We focus on one at a time. As God transforms that one life, then He transforms the generations that follow. There's something extremely unique about the tangible evil that comes with a ministry like this. Without prayer, without scripture, without faith, you just won't survive. But there is hope in the love of God. And as long as we keep obeying, He keeps changing lives. Project Rescue has so many different initiatives and people, of course, they think of our safe homes. We also have awareness and prevention programs. We have education programs direct interventions in acute situations, trauma counseling, and we have an extremely robust vocational training center. God is opening doors to new partnerships in new cities, countries, and continents. In 2020, in the middle of uncertainty, God challenged us not to worry about staying safe, but to stay ready. This word from God was a turning point for Project Rescue. And in a moment where the world was uncertain and so much was on pause, we didn't pause, we moved forward. We dipped into the reserves and we just launched. We launched direct intervention. We launched an extensive vocational training center. We purchased properties in the middle of red light districts and we built outreach centers. We literally invested the most we ever had and God responded and people responded in amazing ways. The restoration story of those first 37 children has been multiplied to hundreds of thousands of lives impacted through the ministry of Project Rescue. God's given us the faith and the support to say yes on that continent, yes in this country, yes in this city. And we're seeing women and children who the world would say has no value, they are recognizing their own value in Him and have a hope-filled future which they never thought possible. I don't think we could have ever dreamed of what the Lord had in store. Just look at what God can do with your simple yes. So Project Rescue is a multinational network of partners and affiliates who share the same commitment and passion for restoring hope in the lives of survivors of sexual exploitation and slavery. The resource office is in the United States, and the network members serve women, men, and child survivors all throughout Asia, Europe, Africa, and Asia Pacific. Each partnership is unique and directed by the local um, highly qualified partners within the network, ensuring each of the programs are sustainable and deliver culturally informed holistic care to the courageous survivors that they serve. So Project Rescue provides intervention, restoration, and prevention services. So I'm going to highlight some of those. Um, they provide intervention through like the red light districts, night care shelters, refugee camp outreaches, and legal assistance. They provide restoration through uh, trauma counseling, income generation projects, which you can also purchase some of those items on their website, um, spiritual and medical care, and education opportunities. They provide prevention through education programs for children, medical outreach, awareness programs, and meal kit assistance. And the, some of the ways that we can help is first and foremost through prayer. Uh, we pr can pray for safety for the Project Rescue leaders and workers. And they are in some of the areas that um, can be dangerous to work in. We can pray for emotional health. We can pray for new workers. And we can pray for the women and children who are rescued. And we can also give $15 a month. 
provides medical care to a rescued woman or child. $30 a month provides education to a rescued woman or child that is in their aftercare homes. And $90 a month rescues one child and provides life-changing care. So last year, uh, Project Rescue Affiliated Initiatives impacted over 63,689 women and children just last year. And approximately 1,000-plus women and those children are receiving life-giving care in their aftercare homes. So take a look at this story uh, from a woman who was rescued and is now actually working a part of Project Rescue. Amy and her story represent for me one of the most tragic stories in global trafficking. If you're living in poverty in a nation in Africa and someone offers you a job in Europe, anything like that is incredibly hard to resist. So young African women will say yes to that opportunity, not realizing they're walking into horrific sexual slavery. The mafias will make sure that no girl will cross from Africa over to Europe without having done the voodoo ritual. It's a way of reinforcing the fear and the control and power over the girl. The place was so very bad, it's my bag. They take my nails, my hair, my underwear. The most thing they say to me, if I said anything to anybody, that's what brought me to Europe, even the police. The thing we came with, I was scared. Two days later, we leave Nigeria. Many saw that die. Some of my friends that we went together, some of them die in Libya. It's like dry land, let me go dry land. No food, no water. And I said, oh God, please. Just save me. That is just the only prayer I was praying for. The sea was so very smelly, and I was crying. Say, God, please save me. We left by 12 in the night. We see break Fiji by 6 in the evening. I called. The woman that brought me to Europe, she said, do you know what, And on Thursday, you're coming to Spain. And, you know, she arrived there, and uh, I think it was just a day or two later when she was told what she really was going to have to do. The first day I went to work, oh God, I was just like, they say, I'm going to work in prostitution. I said, what? In prostitution? I don't have any choice. Even if I die, they don't care just to save myself and bring money to them. It's because they're so very bad, eh? So, so very bad. She said, we have to help you. They want me to come to save us. 
My first impression when I saw her was a really innocent, sweet girl. She looked so young. She was looking down, she, she was hiding her face. She was visibly scared. They started praying for me, started asking me questions. How, like, how did I come to Europe? I made up my mind to stay in safe house. It's like God was knocking my heart, like, open your heart, let me enter. My heart was so very close. So I open it. So that is how I give my life to him. Well, I feel so happy. Like it's amazing. If I look at before and now, I so very big different. In a sense, she represents uh, all what we're doing and why we're doing it. What the enemy did to destroy her now has been resurrected. Now she is the victor. There's so many girls out there that aren't being rescued. There are hundreds of thousands of more who need the same opportunity. We are going to stop talking about it. We're going to act. And our commitment was to aim, but it's also to every other aim out there. There is nothing God cannot do. God can only change stories. No, I don't have any fear anymore. I'm so very free. Powerful, powerful story of what God can do. So grateful for people like this who are serving through Project Rescue. Today we're inviting also our, our friends. Uh, Joe is here with me and he serves with Free International. Project Rescue is a little bit more of the residential aftercare focus. Free International finds, restores, and embraces and empowers. And Joe and Amy have been serving now for a while, and we've enjoyed getting to connect with them. Your background is incredible. Let's talk a little bit about the mission of Free International and what Free International does to help people in need. Yeah, it was a great video to start with because Mike Bartel, the founder of Free, he was working overseas in India on human trafficking with his wife as an Assembly God missionary, and they had the realization that there's as much going on domestically, mm -hmm. and they wanted to come back and work on it here. So about 15 years ago, Free International got founded by Mike Bartel, and since then has grown, and um, we do all sorts of things along the different stages. So for example, there's a group that does school assemblies, and they've spoken to thousands of kids across the country doing school assemblies. We do big searches where we'll focus and bring in a number of volunteers and address aggressively looking for the local kids that are most likely being exploited is who we target. And then we also work on aftercare. So there's people, we had a house and that wasn't working as well. So now we're going to different forms of aftercare. Um, and the, one of the amazing things about free is every time we go out, miracles happen. Yeah. Every time we go out and we just got back from Detroit and we always come back with stories. Yeah. You and I shared over lunch uh, the day that we were eating together how 
oftentimes you, you go out looking for different people, but you end up finding other people along the journey. It's just incredible how God opens that door. Tell, tell the people, I've gotten a chance to hear some of this. Tell a little bit about your background and how you got into the work of Free International. Yeah, I have kind of an odd background. I'm not very normal by any stretch of the imagination. <laughs> We're not either. So oh, it's go good. Ahead. We fit yeah. in well. Yeah. So my wife and I, Amy, um, started as Assembly God missionaries or ministers um, out of North Central back in the 80s for me, uh, early 90s for Amy. And um, we were ministers for seven years, full-time and part-time. In fact, we spent four years at West Oaks Assembly of God, mm -hmm. now Oasis. Mm -hmm. um, and we did that. And then along the way, I picked up a master's degree in psychology because of a side hustle I had to pay the bills while being a minister. And then needed a new job. And so we looked and looked, and nobody would hire me. Imagine that. But nobody would hire me. And um, found a brochure about the FBI, and six months later, is at Quantico. So never planned on it, never pursued it. It's the only door that opened, and so God had a better idea than I did. And I ended up spending 20 years as an FBI agent. Um, Some people are really squirming right now. Yeah. I'm not the IRS. Don't worry. It's the IRS you got to worry about. We brought them along. We want to get some people a little That's amped up. That's funny. Next week, we're ha no, I'm just kidding. We're not. We're not. Just joking. So and it was a it was a great career. Some of the best days of my life, but also some of the worst. And as part of my journey in the FBI, four years full time, I did child prostitution cases. That's all I did, in locally here in Minneapolis area. It was good work. Um, it, it's, there's something satisfying about justice and putting pimps in prison for heavy sentences, but it wasn't very redemptive. The girls never got better long term. They could say stable, perhaps long enough for a case, but that was it. And it, by after four years, my soul was corroded. I, I wasn't in very good shape. You can ask my wife. It's kind of a hot mess. Um, so I was able to tap out of that and move on to back to healthcare fraud for a while and kind of reset and got some help, got better. Um, I always promised Amy I'd get out of the bureau when I could, so I turned 50 and had 20 in about five years ago, and I tapped out. And then we wanted to get back in ministry together. So we renewed our AG credentials. The test is a lot harder in your 50s, by the way. <laughs> but we passed. And um, so we renewed our credentials, and we were looking for what's next. So we're chaplains with uh, Washington County Sheriff's Department, but we wanted something more, and we looked everywhere. And once again, like when I found the Bureau, and then one day, um, Free International, Jody from Mississippi, when the team members brought the big rigs, we have millions of dollars in equipment that um, Speed the Light has raised for us mm -hmm. in BGMC. It's amazing. Brought one of the big rigs and talked, and we're like, okay, we're in. That's it. And so about five years ago, I started volunteering, and we want to do more and more. And so we be, actually became missionaries last year to do fundraising so we can uh, pay for our uh, portion of travel and all the work we do. Yeah, so but, good. Yeah. So good. Giving back, no doubt. Oh, it's a great ride. You guys do operations all over the country. You just mentioned you've, you've just come back from Detroit, and uh, in a moment I'm, I'm sure you'll want to mention what's coming up even in Minneapolis later this year. Mm -hmm. But can you just kind of share... A little bit of what that typically looks like, just to give people a little snapshot of how Free International operates in one of those moments. Sure, that'd be great. And so we do big searches around the country, and uh, we've been to Pensacola, Birmingham, Detroit, Newark, um, Vegas. Oh, no, not yet. Not yet. Not yet. 
but, but maybe, we'll see. So we go around the country and do these searches, and um, what we do is we, before we ever show up in the town, we don't just show up, because you gotta prepare. And so our team is made up of a lot of retired military, law enforcement, intel folks, nurses, but also pastors, and just people with an interest in it that wanna get trained up in it. So we have a wide variety of skills. So we reach out to the local authorities and folks that are reaching out to the kids in need locally and build connections, because what we need from them is the list of kids most likely missing and exploited. So we need that list to start with. Mm -hmm. And then we have Intel folks all around the country that use open source, but they also have access to some pretty high-speed stuff that they, that they do. One of the team members is a doc, has a PhD um, it was in the Army, and she developed Facial Rec. So we use some of her software, and, and so it's a great team that way. And so they do a deep dive, In all these people are looking for connections, going from one Facebook to the Instagram to this to photos, and we tracking as deeply as we can. And then when we show up in town, we have the intel folks, but our operational team comes in too. We break into subgroups, and each group is assigned a number of children to look for. And then we start doing leads. So we start interviewing people, knock and talk, surveillances, using all those kind of law enforcement skills. Um, but at the same time, we work with volunteers in the churches. And so, because we, we want redemption. And so we want to hook people up with the local church. It's yeah. very important to us. Yeah. Um, it's not finding, it's the restoring. And yeah. you can't restore without the gospel. And that's why this is so much more encouraging than in the FBI, which was great justice but not a lot of restoration. Yeah. Um, and so the volunteers will train people up in some of the best training in the world. Brad, our team leader, is a former master chief in the Navy, worked with the SEALs for his whole career. He's just an amazing fella. But he does the training for that. And then we send you out in groups with flyers of all our missing kids. And so people are going out to the targeted neighborhoods developing intel for us. And this, so those leads will develop new leads, or those conversations will develop new leads for us to keep working as we go. Um, in Detroit, we had 40 volunteers, did a great job, they were enthused, and then they get a passion for it too. Because we want to just show up and leave. We want right. to show up, encourage, and then have the local churches keep at this because there's always new runaways in all our towns around the country. Yeah, so good. So it's my understanding there is an operation coming up right in our area. Would yeah. you share just briefly about that and invite the people to be a part of that? Absolutely. So really excited. Amy and I are locals. We live in uh, Bayport, Stillwater area, and we're bringing a big search to Minneapolis. Um, and so I wrote it in my hand so I don't forget. So 22nd through 26th go. of August. That's the original Palm Pilot. If you yeah, always. It works really well. Yeah. Um, so August 22nd through 26th, in that week time, we'll be working um, through Emanuel Christian Center and mm -hmm. all sorts of local partners. We're bringing the full team in this time, so we're going to have probably about 30 of our folks operating in the area, and then lots of room for anybody who wants to get involved. So if you come in, we'll get you trained up. We'll give you the best information, the best um, resources possible, and then we'll send you out as groups. And um, don't have to be afraid. We're very good at what we do. We work in groups. We all wear the same kind of shirts because then it's very disarming. And I've been in the worst neighborhoods you can ever imagine, and I can show up anywhere and pull up my brochure about missing kids, and it opens doors. It's yeah. amazing who you get to talk with and the connections you get to make. Yeah. 
Can, can people here today sign up to serve in that capacity with you after service? Yeah, absolutely. I, I have a sign-up sheet out there. Great. And um, love. And so we're going to get everybody's information, and then we're going to push out what you need to do. So some releases you need to sign and the details. So if you want to sign up for that, um, go ahead. And also I have our cards out there if you want to reach out, um, want to get yeah. more involved. Love to talk with you. Yeah. Can we say thank you to Joe and Amy for their work with Free International? Thank you, Joe. Thank you so much. And again, this is work even right here in our front yard. Uh, I want to bring up one other person just really briefly, and he is truly a local. Uh, I wanted to call him Agent Carter. Some people are laughing, they know why. Um, but Agent Carter, if you know the movie line, is a female with a British accent, part of the S.H.I.E.L.D. agency. That's not you at all. No, not, nah, not even no. close. So Detective Carter is part of the Eden Prairie Police Department. Could we welcome him today? Can we just honor him for his service? Thank you. Thank you very much. Thank you. Thank you. Thanks for being here, and of course, thank you for your service. Uh, Detective Carter has been serving in our local area for a number of years, and your work connects the dots in a lot of ways of things we've talked about today. But uh, share with us a little bit. I know we, we can often think of human trafficking existing in other places. And I don't want to create any unnecessary alarm today. But can you just kind of describe trafficking in our area in a way that, that we can understand without giving too much information? Yeah. I, it happens everywhere. Right. It happens in every community, rural, metropolitan, suburban. And how it happens in a community like ours is that uh, we're right next to our sister city, Bloomington, a great police agency, and they do great work, and we work together regularly with them, but they've got the most hotels in all of the state. Mm. And by virtue, we have a lot of hotels in our area, and we have great opportunity, and guess what else we have in our city? Um, we have the demand. We have containers that look like me that are willing to go out and search for sexual encounters in different areas of the internet or in the websites, uh, or also just go out to street tracks and, um, and buy sex. And so we have money, we have means, and we have the ability to uh, buy the ruse mm -hmm. that uh, someone's going through college or they're putting themselves through nursing school or they're getting ready to take the bar or they're dot, dot, dot. Uh, we do some recovery operations where I, I try not to do it because my soul can't take it anymore but where um, no one else wants to do it in the agency, um, where I'll play uh, the demand part sometimes, right? So I will respond to ads, I'll see if I can get someone in, and then we'll immediately, once someone comes to meet us, uh, we turn them over to advocacy and we try to walk them through programs that we have set up to try and bring them to a spot where they can get to restorative. Yeah. Um, but I hear the stories Right? Yeah. And then I'll interview people, especially on large operations, Super Bowls and Final Fours and things like that. I've had the opportunity to um, do a lot of interviews. So I'll interview demand one day and recoveries the next day and kind of back and forth. And I listen to the lies and the stories that each tell themselves. Yeah. Right. The demand is like, well, I'm just helping somebody out. Um, and, then, and then, unfortunately, victims have... And survivors of this this life have um, desensitized themselves 
to what they're actually have to participate in every day. Yeah. Um, so it becomes a, it's it's sad work. I this is the this is the response I get. I, whenever we tell our stories in this world, we tend to suck the air out of a room. So I apologize for that. I'll try to pull some hot air back yeah, out. Yeah, yeah, would you? Please. But as far as demand goes, I mean, I was thinking about this, and, and I was kind of convicted of this while I was watching everybody else speak. If you have, the, the stories that were shown up on the screen are, are, are in the world, but what do we have in our communities that everybody, um, does anybody live a perfect life, right? Is everybody's self-esteem perfect? Does everybody have enough love? Does everybody have enough money? Is everybody fulfilled in their lifestyles? No, right. we all have fractures and we all have cracks. And what does it take? It takes a skim coat of putty over that to manipulate somebody. And I, I know that <clears throat> because I interview people all the time. Yeah. And what do I do for the first 20 minutes when I'm getting ready to tell you to talk to me, even though I'm going to tell you you shouldn't talk to me? Right? I build rapport with you. I want you to like me. Yeah. I want you to know that talking to me is okay. And I'm talking about in a criminal investigation interview. So I try and smooth over whatever it is that are your fears to talk to me so that I can get my confession, so that we can do justice. But that same mentality works for manipulating people. So how does it happen here? Real simple. Mm. Yeah. Wow. Wow. I, I'm sure that, that some people may be reluctant to want to consider that these things are happening in our area. And then the flip side of that, there are people today who are inspired to say, I want to be part of the solution. How can people come alongside and, and be attentive in our community or even involved in whether it's an operation or just in general in helping in these types of ways? Yeah. Um, first of all, don't let men, don't let your friends off the hook when they start talking an exploitive narrative. Call them on it. Check them on it. Yeah. All right, because we do that all too often, and we create that. Look at just look at uh, what populates our Instagram feeds or our Facebook feeds. It's all sexualized. So when people go down that road, check them on it, call them on it. Yeah. It subsides that desire to move forward. Two, uh, I always like to promote a little bit. Um, I have a prayer chain. I learned this prayer chain when I was interviewing a 16-year-old female. My partner was getting somewhere with her. I wasn't doing anything. I was sitting in jail watching my partner work, thinking I was I was. I was boohooing myself because I wasn't getting to interview, um, but that wasn't the moment for me. But I did do something. Jay's one of my good friends, and so I reached out to my prayer chain and I just said, "Hey, can you guys pray for me? We got a we got a girl here that I think is ready to disclose, but she's not there." And all of a sudden, um, I I felt an incredible heat come over me—the kind of heat where, like, as a 45-year-old, you're like, "Is this the heart attack or is this the?" Right. But it was actually right. the Holy Spirit comes in a couple different ways. And and anyhow, that that young that young. Uh, if you're wondering about the Holy Spirit, if you think you're having a heart attack, just call us. Sometimes it, yes, it, it's real important to know the difference too. That's good. Um, That's good. But but she disclosed that day, so that got us thinking. And and so I have a prayer chain that when we're uh, going operational, I like to put out notifications too. So if you're interested in, in, yeah, in supporting us with prayer, join it's it. called join, J-O-I-N-S-T-T, stop the trafficking, at uh, 43506, and, and it should be up. But is, if yeah. you do that, you're going to know, uh, you know, I, 
for operational integrity, I'm not going to tell you, hey, we're having a prostitution sting, uh, dot, dot, dot. Right. But I will say, you know, sometime in the near future, this is going to happen. We really like and encourage your prayer support. And we just did one on the 18th. And uh, unfortunately, the demand in our city is still alive and well. I mean, there was um, 15, 15 folks that came that wanted to buy uh, sex from our decoy. Um, and we could have continued that on. The last one we did in, Jan wow. in February, there was 23 in Bloomington. And, and like I say, we could just do it um, all day, every day. But um, mm. recoveries are a lot more complicated. They're a lot more difficult. Um, but I, I, I'm super excited because the last couple ones we've done, even though they've seemed like kind of duds that day, like we didn't get anybody. This stuff can break your heart because you, you try so hard and then there's just nothing. But then uh, nothing turns into something because you set the foundation that we're, police isn't, aren't like it used to be, right? We're not trying to arrest girls that are in this life. We realize that they're victims of this life, um, even if they're doing it to themselves. And so we just keep ourselves open. And uh, we've had even a couple from the, uh, the last Operation Recovery come back to us recently. And, and so there's great hope, and we're supporting them with um, resources. So yeah. Detective Carter, as well as all of our other guests, are going to be in the lobby in just a few moments. And I encourage you to interact, ask questions, express support, sign up to serve in any capacity. Uh, this is a little bit of a unique Sunday for us, but we just feel strongly that God wants us to do something about the evil in our world. Uh, that God wants us to be engaged. So one more time, can we show our appreciation to Detective Carter? Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. You can be seated for just a moment. Pastor Amber, I understand that there is an also a stop the trafficking walk that is coming up right here in Eden Prairie. Yeah, so this is a way for us to get involved, uh, you know, in our local level. So on June 17th, uh, starting at bright and early 8.30 in the morning. <laughs> the pre-raised speakers will begin actually at 8.10. Uh, this is at Purgatory Creek here in Eden Prairie. And this is the 10th annual Stop the Trafficking Walk. Uh, this year we have partnered with other people in Eden Prairie. So EPAG is a, is a sponsor for this walk as well as many other organizations in the community. And you can walk as a family. Or those of you who like to run, you can run. But I will be walking with we my family. So, <laughs> we will be walking. We will be walking. Kids may want to take off running every now and then, but uh, I'm so, just hoping there's no donuts along the walk. <laughs> right. So youth is uh, twenty-five dollars, and adults eighteen and plus is thirty-five dollars. But you can use our EPAG five code to get a five dollar off uh, for your registration. So all the proceeds to uh, for this walk all go to Minnesota-based organizations. So um, this year it goes to Act United, Beloved, Breaking Free, House of Hope, and Terebinth Refuge, along with an international organization called Destiny's Rescue. And so all of these organizations work on some level with human trafficking, either in the um, prevention or the restoration or the intervention side of things. So this is a way that we can get involved. It's an, it could be a nice day to get your family out. So if you have any questions on how to register, you can talk with me, um, or you can jump on right there you can see on the screen there's um on the website you can do that as well so yeah i want i just want to say real quick publicly thank you to pastor amber she has helped 
to make this day possible and to get all these guests aligned and to do everything. So thank you. Thank you for your heart. I, uh, I get to live with her, so I know she's passionate about all of this, but I love it when things like this are opportunities. In just a few moments, there will be people available in our auditorium if you have any prayer needs, anything that you want to pray for. But I just want to call us to a step of action. We're going to pray in just a moment. And then I also want to encourage you, if you'd like to give to help through these different ministry opportunities, there is a designation online simply called Rescue Day. You can give that way if you'd like to do so. You can also write the same words on an offering envelope. You can pick those up at door three or at the kiosk in the lobby. And you can give through Rescue Day as an opportunity to bless these ministries. I also uh, just want to encourage you to, to step up and to respond with us. Let's, let's make a difference in our community. Let's serve to do more than just know about the problems. Let's be part of the solution. Let's believe that God really does change lives. And let's be a part of seeing that happen. Would you stand with me? We're going to pray together. We're going to pray over these that are ministering. And then I want to challenge you uh, to interact with these who will be in the lobby from all of these different respective places. I'm sure they'd love to talk with you or answer any questions. And thank you so much for giving as well. Father, thank you that we get to be a part of the wonderful things that can happen in our community and around the world. Lord, we are grieved today knowing that there is such need. We are heartbroken to know that there are people who are hopeless and struggling. God, it moves us today to want to be like you and to help people in need. Lord, on the flip side of that brokenness, we also rejoice knowing that you can use us. You can use us to make a difference. You're using these individuals who have talked today, you're using them to make a difference. And I just pray today that as we partner with them and as we pray for them and as we help to give to support these efforts, God, I just pray that their efforts be exponentially used to bring glory to you and healing to others. We thank you for that. We pray special, special blessing over Southwest Options for Women, over Free International Project Rescue, and as well our local departments who are engaged in these works. May you keep them, strengthen them, sustain them through it all. Father, I pray that you would meet the needs of this people today, that as there are moments of prayer after this dismissal, Lord, that there would just fill and sense a touch of you in these moments. Father, I pray that you bless and keep this people and you make your face to shine upon them and be gracious to them. May your countenance and your favor ever be turned in their direction and grant them your peace, I pray. Help us to go and in your power to do, to reach, to serve, to love. In Jesus' name.